0: Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version. I am your host, Maria Leonard Olson. I am a civil litigation attorney in Washington, D.C. I am a mentor to women in recovery from sexual abuse, assault, and alcoholism and addictions. I'm a journalist. I'm an author. My most popular book is called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life which I summarized in a TEDx talk called Turning Life's Challenges into a Force for Good. If you, dear listeners, would kindly go to my website, marialenardolson.com, and click on the button on the landing page that will connect you with my TEDx talk and hit the like button, I would be very, very grateful because I am applying right now for another TEDx talk. On the subject of my next book, which is the unintended consequences of consumer DNA testing. Many of you know that because I was given a free DNA test when I was speaking at a conference in the US about being a person of mixed race heritage, that I discovered at age 53 that my father who raised me is not my biological father so i would like to do a tedx talk about that i'm right i have written a book about it that is being shopped by my literary agent and many publishers look at one's numbers on all social media on all things such as ted talks so dear listeners help me out hit the like button and i am writing 60 after 60 since i've just turned 60 and i am learning and doing many more things in this next chapter. So check out my book, my TED talk, and stay tuned for the next couple of books. I started this podcast four seasons ago, four years ago, because my work in the area of midlife management has brought me into contact with extraordinary women. And one of my goals with this podcast is to highlight the voices of insightful, powerful women whose stories, I believe, can inspire you as they have inspired me. Today, joining us from Madrid, Spain, is Kim Rahir. She is a 60-year-old mother of three who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 10 years ago and decided to ignore her doctor's advice and muscle her way back to a happy life. This year, she became European champion in masters weightlifting in her age and weight category. Last year, her journey inspired her to leave her career in journalism during her 50s and become a health coach for middle-aged women with a focus on reactivating and rebuilding muscle. Today, she helps women tap into an abundant source of vitality by reactivating and maintaining their muscles while ditching diet culture, conditioning in favor of eating to nourish and flourish. Kim helps middle-aged women drop weight, get strong and boost energy by levering muscle mass and mindset work. Kim offers inspiration and insight for all of us in this episode. She likes to say she literally muscled her way out of illness and now helps midlife women deal with a host of health symptoms by building muscle and strength. She also says, my story made me change my career from journalism to coaching, and I'm on an empowering muscle mission to help women claim their place and their happiness in midlife. I think that focusing on muscle beyond just training and eating can be a powerful driver of self-care and empowerment. Her mission, therefore, is to help women embrace muscle and strength as the one-stop-shop solution for a host of health problems, often from our 30s onwards. Her approach is to turn scientific knowledge about human health into actionable tools for everyday life. Kim's program, which she calls Fabulous in 15, is a holistic coaching approach that helps women implement lifestyle changes that are suitable with a step-by-step buildup of small habits and mindset techniques that help them stay the distance. With a routine to where they are at, they can start strength training safely, immediately, and eating intentionally to improve their quality of life without getting derailed when life gets in the way, Kim maintains. Kim is a mother of three grown children. She is German and lives in sunny Spain. The show notes contain all her social media And her fantastic website, which is her name, Kim Rahir, which is kimrahie dot com. And also in the show notes is an email for you to get in touch with her directly. Welcome, Kim.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm truly excited to get to chat with you.
0: Well, your story is extraordinary. This is a woman who was wheelchair bound and she found her way through hard work perseverance mindset changes to become a very healthy vibrant woman who helps others achieve similar goals so what tell us how did this metamorphosis occur you're you've been you've received a diagnosis which is Pretty common nowadays. I don't know why, but multiple sclerosis is a common diagnosis. So, tell us what got you out of the wheelchair and doing this kind of work to empower other women.
1: Well, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it's a it's a long story. I'm actually not always one hundred percent sure what was the one sort of decisive factor that helped me get better, but I um, tend to think it's a mix of many things. First of all. Um, I really didn't want to have the identity of a sick person. And when my doctor gave me my diagnosis and told me that I would have to have lifelong treatment, injecting myself three times a week for the rest of my life, I fought with him for an hour. And it was (laughs) obvious that he was not used to that. He was used to people just saying, "Okay, doctor, I'm going to do what you say. And I said, come on if I start this now, I will never be able to stop it. Because let's just imagine I start the treatment and I'm fine. I will never know, am I fine because of the treatment or am I fine because my body has healed? And because I had like two relapses and the second one was super mild, nothing really bad or big happened. Uh, We nipped it in the bud. I found out right away that something was wrong. So I thought if like my second relapse was much milder than the first, maybe I was getting better anyway. And I think I fought him that much on the lifelong treatment because that's a way I instinctively knew that you are giving away your power. When you have lifelong treatment, you can not you have the feeling that you're not standing on your own two feet anymore mm-hmm. depend on that forever but after an hour he got a little bit impatient and i had <laughs> to give in i mean what was i going to do right um and but i had this sort of thing that i didn't want to wear this coat of a sick person i didn't want to wear this identity i i wanted to live a normal life so i did inject myself three times a week um and it makes you feel pretty bad it's not not everyone reacts like this but it gave me flu-like symptoms so like you know the heaviness in the body and the headaches and the tiredness and and I just um you know took some anti-inflammatory so you know just some medication over-the-counter medication to deal with those side effects I didn't want them in my life I wanted to live normally um and I I didn't tell anybody that I had this diagnosis. I mean, very close friends, yes, but when I met new people or after that diagnosis, like a year after that, we moved from that, at the time we were in Paris, we moved to Spain. I didn't tell anybody. I joined a gym. I worked out with friends. I did even crazy stuff like, uh, obstacle races and things, uh, because I didn't want that identity. And I had asked the doctor at the time of the diagnosis, um, is it okay if I exercise? Because I had always exercised in my in my life. And I, I wanted to go back to that I was I was weak, my legs were, uh, you know, like, I mean, not exactly wobbly, but you know, there was no muscle on them. And he said, Oh, yeah, you can exercise, but um, you have to be careful. And he never explained what he meant by that. And I got to thinking, he meant by that, that he doesn't know what he's talking about when he's talking about exercise. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, exercise, it's supposed to be good for you. So I cannot really tell her no. But since I don't really know, you know, what it does or what she's going to do and what will, you know, what effect it will have on her. I don't really want to encourage her either. So I say, sort of yes, but be careful. Mm. And I think I I don't blame him. I know that in the training and education of of medical doctors, there's not much room for this. There's not much room for nutrition. There's not much room for exercise. Uh, So I'm not blaming him. But I felt that, you know, I didn't get anything from him uh, on that topic. Mm -hmm. And then I had a session with a nurse um who had to show me how this apparatus for the injection works. And she said, Oh, we do recommend exercise because it makes your body fatigue resistant. And MS comes for many people with you know, like really debilitating fatigue. So getting your body stronger and resistant to fatigue. That's what happens when you when you exercise, you know, you tire the body and it comes back stronger. And for me, that was the green light. and then i I went back to exercising and I started weight training. Um, and that was a big difference to my exercising before the diagnosis because I started working out in a spirit of building myself back up. It was not exercising like uh, you know, controlling my weight or or looking at my shape or whatever, you know, like conforming with some kind of uh, aesthetic ideal that I was pursuing. I wanted to exercise to build myself back up and to become strong. I bought myself a nice book. One of the first books that actually pleaded for women lifting heavy weights and Mm. staying away from the pink dumbbells. (laughs) And I started lifting heavy. I mean, I started gently, but I started lifting heavier and heavier, and I got better and better, stronger and stronger. And a lot of stuff happened, like... um, Some of my reflexes, you know, because, you know, the nerves get attacked by your own immune system in a mess. So some of my reflexes, like the one that you have at the front of the knee, you know, you hit a certain spot and then the the leg shoots out. That reflex was gone when I was sick. And a doctor had told me that's never going to come back. And it came back. Wow. So after... a year of training like that i was i was totally normal that's also why when we moved to spain i could join the gym i could train with friends i could never never tell anybody that i had this diagnosis i kept injecting myself i hated it um but i led a normal life and then i i think i felt that i was onto something with this training um and i had i found a really nice neurologist in spain And when I asked him whether I could uh, suspend the treatment for three weeks because my family and I, we wanted to go on a camping trip. Mm -hmm. And I said, come on, camping and injecting, you know, that doesn't really go together. Is it okay if I stop for three weeks? And he said, and he had been watching my, my development and he saw my appearance and how strong and fit I was. He said, you know what, if you want to stop for good... I'm happy to support you in giving that a try. Wow. And this was like totally out of the box. You know, the the, the common, the, the, the assumed truth was that once you started, you could never stop. And then he told me something else. He said, right now, we're not even that sure this kind of treatment works. Wow. I don't think it's very effective and that was six years ago i've been since then without a relapse and without treatment
0: wow that is extraordinary this should be published as a case study is the doctor considering that
1: i'm not sure um i'm I'm going to talk to him about that because uh he's really a great guy very up to date with the latest research and I mean, he's probably telling patients who are doing well that they can stop the treatment because he told me, but well, I'm wondering how many people are out there still taking the same treatment um, and maybe never heard that might not be that effective. Um, yes. Could also, it, be, could also be that it's been um, discontinued, but I, uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about, about this. Um, I don't know either,
0: but I truly believe that what you have started and discovered and what you're sharing via your website and your social media could save thousands, if not millions of people from identifying as sick people.
1: Absolutely. Um, And the simplicity of physical strength. I mean, on the one hand, it's totally obvious, right? Because we were built. As, as humans, as a species, the way we evolved, we were built, and we were optimized for physical exertion. Uh, we used to live day in, day out, pushing and pulling things and carrying things and running after after things. Um, so the modern lifestyle is an outright health hazard, and it gets us into this place. And I know this from the women I work with at this point when you when you feel that it's too late, there's nothing you can do. You, you feel betrayed by your body. You don't recognize yourself in the mirror and you think, what can I do about this? And then for women after 50, even when they think I want to do something, I need to do something and they have the best of intentions and then they go and follow exercise videos that you can get um, on YouTube. And most of them are like really great, they're fantastic workouts and great programming and everything, but they're not made for women in their fifties. They're not made for people with high mileage joints. and, (laughs) And then you might get hurt and then, you know, get even more discouraged and think, yeah, I can't do this anymore. This is what I hear very often. It's, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that because I, you know, my knees are sore, my shoulders are stiff, my ankles hurt. When you can always train around those limitations, you can always do something, and you will have these amazing health benefits from just looking after your muscle. I love the simplicity of this, and I think it's also very democratic because anyone can do it. You, you know, don't, you don't need a special doctor, uh, you don't need special equipment. Um, you basically just need your own body and then the will to try and do something.
0: Wow! And. Most of I do have listeners around the globe, but most of my listeners are in the U.S. and Canada. So do you work with women in North America as well?
1: Absolutely. I work exclusively online, and I'm convinced that in an online relationship, the, the contact, the connection is even closer um, and, and more intense.
0: Mm, that's an interesting observation. I I agree in certain respects because one must pay attention and one must take turns speaking because you can't speak at the same time when you're on a online or on a phone call it, or no one will know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's also because you know I use an app in my work, so you can reach out to me twenty four seven. When you work with a personal trainer. Um, you know, yes, you have someone standing next to you when you do the exercises and they will correct you and help you, you know, not hurt yourself and and do the things, um, right. But, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate and have enough money, you can see them like three times a week, but that's three hours out of the week. What I, what do you do for the rest of the time? You know, when you need support, when you have a question you know when you just want to share something and that's what online has made possible that you can be in touch all the time and you feel supported all the time and two of my principles in coaching are that you always need to know what to do next and you're never alone you can always reach out and i think that's what online has made possible for you know many many coaches in all kinds of areas and i think that's really great
0: I think that was one gift of the pandemic, because I, as an attorney, still can do depositions and even hearings, sometimes even trials online. And because one of the, you you spoke earlier about modern life and how it is a health hazard. However, modern life in the post-pandemic or pandemic era, because it's emerging once again, uh, enabled us to avoid commuting as much. It, it opened up a world of resources like yours that uh, I can access. And although you're in a t- different time zone, as you say, I can still get in touch with you. I love this. I love what you're doing. And if you go to Kim's website, kimrahira.com. She has three simple steps. You take an assessment so that Kim will have uh, all the information she needs to tailor a program toward you and your needs. And then you set up a call. You can talk to her. And then you start with an action plan. And you can drop weight fast if that's your goal. Or my goal, which is feeling energy and strength, with only 15 minutes a day and i i think this is revolutionary this is the the next frontier of wellness in my opinion so think,
1: thank really, you yeah oh no thank you for describing this so so beautifully i think the 15 minutes a day part i came across this Maybe not by chance, but it's something that I discovered in working with women in their 50s and 60s. It sounds like, you know, the second half of your life, many women say they feel invisible, but they are still very much needed and they're very, very busy. It's actually, um, you know, when people talk about perimenopause and menopause, um, it's not only your physical situation in your body that changes. So many things change in, in your life. Um, you know, you start having to look after your aging parents, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a totally new factor that's taking time and and energy and attention. Your kids may be grown, but they still need you. And, you know, some of them are still in touch with you, you know, very often for a helping hand here and there. Um, You're still working a job. You're probably running the household. So time is like a really precious resource. And I realized that I can perfectly design an exercise program for you where you do like 45 or 60 minutes, three times a week um, in the gym, working out, like, you know, you will have fantastic results, but it creates a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? If you change your lifestyle and, you know, we're talking now in, in. At the beginning of the year, when many people want to change their lifestyle and they want to aim high Mm -hmm. and you tell yourself, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and work out for an hour. It's hard to change. And then if that means that you have to pack a gym bag, you have to take your car, you have to find parking, you have to walk through the door, you have to get changed, you have to walk into the gym, you have to make sure that the equipment that you want to use is free. Um that creates a lot of resistance. I call it resistance because it's that voice in your head that's going to tell you sooner or later, Oh my God, this is so much, so much hassle. This is so much to do. I don't have time for this. And Mm -hmm. it will make it very likely that if, you know, if you're not a gym rat already, it's very likely that you're going to give up. So what I do, which
0: I did many times. (laughs) So thank you. Continue.
1: (laughs) And, you know, you're not alone and it's totally normal. The gym can be such an intimidating place. So many women feel out of place, like, you know, they don't really know what to do. It's hard to motivate yourself. What I do is I give you 15 minutes, like literally, sometimes can even be only 12. I had a client tell me yesterday, this was only 12 minutes. Are you sure that this works? And they say, yes, it does work. And it's something that you do at home. You start without any equipment. You can do it in your pajamas first thing in the morning. So there is no no resistance, no getting changed, no finding equipment, no going anywhere, you just get it done. You don't need a lot of space um, and you can do amazing things with 50 minutes a day. And most most women after two weeks of doing this, they already feel a difference. It's not like they're dropping like 10, 10 pounds in two weeks or anything like that, but their energy levels are through the roof, which is always a surprise. Because you would think, oh, I'm doing more. I'm working out. Maybe I'm going to be more more tired. No, their energy levels like really explode after a really very short time of doing, doing that daily. Um, and why, you know, that's always the question you have to ask yourself. Uh, what would this look like if it were easy?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: 50 minutes a day that you can do even in your pajamas if you want to. That's the best version of easy that I can find for building strength and muscle.
0: Absolutely. This is something I can do. I can do anything for 15 minutes a day, but I have an extremely busy calendar and uh, exercise is the first thing to go off of my plate. So I salute you for making it easy and tailoring it to I love I love that term that you use that I'm going to use now uh, joints with a lot of mileage on them that's hilarious I love that and and that's how I feel sometimes when I wake up or I bend down to get something I hear a new creak, and I think to myself oh I've got to start exercising or stretching or something But you, Kim, have made it very easy and tailored for each individual. Do you ever offer, I mean, there are listeners, if you go to our website, you can listen to interviews by people whose lives have been changed by this work, working with Kim. But do you ever offer anything free online so people can get a taste for what it might look like for them?
1: Yeah, I have, you know, like free offers um, I do regular trainings on Facebook like video trainings on my okay. Facebook profile and they can go up to an hour and I put everything in there that, that I know um, okay. always out of the box. And then I have some free resources too, some PDFs that you can download. Um, they're not on my website at the moment. Okay. Um, but you can always reach out to me like I have like five five day menopause uh, reset where you just work through a few steps to you know figure out what's actually bothering you and how to deal with that. You can always reach out to me. I have actually tons of free stuff that you can try out and have a look at to, just to get a taste.
0: Yes, wonderful. Because I think one thing that sets you apart in my mind and probably many other people's minds is that you came from being in a wheelchair to being a weightlifting champion in Europe. Like that is extraordinary. There should be many articles written about you. This should be a case study in many medical journals. And then you have chosen to spend your time helping other women in midlife. I mean, this is just extraordinary to me. And I feel so blessed that our paths have crossed. Uh, Before I try to keep this of short because people are busy and they have uh limited attention spans can you just give us one sentence about what what it was like to be european champion in masters weightlifting i mean i have never met anyone who's done anything like that so just tell us was it scary was it fun was it really really the hardest thing you've ever done i don't know just tell us it, it, was,
1: <laughs> it was all of this um, the, the thing with weightlifting is this um I mean I, this is a masters like for women in their 60s uh, you know it's it's not like the big guys lifting t- hundreds and hundreds of kilos but mm-hmm. still you know it's in it's adapted to your weight category and and your your age and in weightlifting they call your name you walk out on the platform and that's that like the second you have like one minute you have to make that lift there's no Oh, yesterday I lifted that much. Oh, oh, on a good day, I can maybe lift this much. Um, it's, you know, they call your name and it's up to you. You have to perform in that minute, which is super scary. It's also totally exhilarating because, as I said, many women tell me when you turn 50, you become invisible. Well, on that platform, you're very visible. On top of this, you're wearing a very ridiculous costume <laughs> um, because that's the regulation. Uh-oh. And what you have to do is you have to focus, focus on the lift, on the essential. And that's also something that you learn with lifting is, is, is to sort of crowd, blend up, how do you call this? Crowd out silence everything around you. Yes. Um, and just focus on that. And when I knew that I had... One, it, I just, it's, it, you know, it, it's, you just feel your heart sort of flowing over mostly with gratitude. Mm. I mean, it's fun, it's joy. Um, it's for me, it's gratitude. I'm actually these days, I'm grateful for every step that I take because I know what it feels like when you can't walk. Yes, but that moment it, it was just everything came together and and I thought, I am so blessed. This is this is just a wonderful gift, and I just wanted to embrace the entire
0: world. Oh, that is beautiful. I I feel the joy. Uh, You listeners cannot see Kim, but she does radiate joy. She's beautiful. She looks radiant and healthy and happy and centered. And I'm just really grateful you had time to be on the podcast. I like to ask each guest the following question. What do you do, Kim, to become your best version
1: Well, I have three things that I strive to do each day. And they're learn, connect, and give. Because that way I keep growing mentally, intellectually. I keep growing emotionally through connecting with people. And, you know, just giving something every day. And it doesn't have to be i don't know a big charity donation sometimes it's just a smile that you give a stranger who seems uh, stressed out but i make sure that by learning something by connecting with someone and by giving something every day i keep evolving and i keep growing and it's um it's it's simple it's doable and it's really super rewarding
0: I love that answer. Thank you so much, Kim. And I really think all of you listeners would benefit from looking at her website, kimrahir.com, going to her Facebook where she has revealed there are many free inspirations, exercises, resources. She's also on LinkedIn and Instagram with her name, with slight variations in punctuation or hyphen, but look at the show notes and connect with this extraordinary woman who went from a wheelchair to becoming a weight lifting champion. This is an extraordinary story and I'm so pleased to share it with all of you. Thank you again, Kim.
1: Thank you for having me. What a pleasure talking to you.